Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the Message Trust. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing, check out our website, message.org.uk. It's great to be with you today. Thank you, Andy, for inviting me. Thank you for the, <laughs> thanks for the excitement. I hope you're excited at the end of this word. <laughs> because it might not be the most exciting word, but I definitely know it's the word that God wants me to share with you this morning. Um, so I know you've been looking at the book of John. I'm going to be speaking from John 4. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'll just read a section of it. And I know you're also in a season of prayer and fasting, which is amazing. And uh, I love it when people go on corporate times of prayer and fasting together. Um, one of the things you need to be aware of is um, when you fast and when you pray, especially when you do that as a company, of people together, many times uh, God uses it as a refining process. So a lot of things that are hidden, all of a sudden start to come out to the surface. So don't be surprised if stuff that was hidden starts to come out. <laughs> Anyone alive this morning? Yes. So fasting is like refining us, preparing us for what God wants to do. I'm not here to talk about fasting. However, it's good to realize that uh, when we pray and when we fast, um, we're not trying to twist God's arm to do something he doesn't want to do. Um, It's more about positioning ourselves to come into agreement with what he wants to do. Because we cry out for certain things from God quite a lot. I do. But the truth is, we're not ready for what we're praying for. (laughs) Do you know what I mean by that? You probably don't. So we pray, God, we want to see your glory. God, we want to see your... How many of you have prayed that before? I've prayed that. John the Apostle, he was the disciple that was the closest to Jesus, and he leaned on Jesus' chest. Okay, When he saw Jesus' glory in Revelations, you know what happened? He felt like a dead man. (laughs) Ezekiel had a revelation of the glory of God... And he couldn't speak for seven days. Daniel had an encounter with God and he was so weak in his body, it took him days to recover. So when we say we want to see your glory, we just think it's just a nice goosebump feeling. And it's actually a lot more intense than we realize. Even the magnitude of the explosion of God's breakthrough and blessing in the world out there, if God were to release that in the dimension we're crying out for, without us being prepared, it crushes us. Are you hearing me this morning? I know it's Tuesday morning. I need to be. Are you awake this morning? Okay. Um, Before I read this passage, a concept that I want to explain uh, that connects to what I'm about to share is this. There's an anointing upon you and there's an anointing within you. What do I mean by that? Acts 1 says, and the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you shall be witnesses. The anointing upon you is for ministry, it's for effectiveness. The anointing of God and presence of God within you is for intimacy and connection with God. What tends to happen many times is the anointing upon you is increasing favor, opportunities, breakthrough, salvation, while the anointing within you is decreasing. Not as close to God as you used to be, not connecting with God. You're so much busier now. And your ministry is exploding out here, but in here you're dying So as this is exploding out here, if this does not change in here, this that's out here will destroy you eventually. So that is an introduction to this passage, which 
it's first time I'm speaking in this passage, actually. I've read this many, many, many times. But as I was praying about the message trust and what to bring this morning, especially in light of the season you're in, and I know we're going to be going to some prayer later, I feel like the Lord is drawing my attention to this concept. So uh, verse 1, chapter 4, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus, sorry, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But when but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. Now the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So that's about noon. Um, I love the fact that it draws attention to the fact that Jesus got tired. Uh, verse 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and what it is, who says this to you? Give me to drink. You would ask him that he would give you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to drink with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. But the water I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Okay, I'll just read a few more portions and then I'll stop. The, the, verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. So Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said, well, I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not, your, is not truly your husband. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place to worship. Jesus answered her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers would worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. I'll stop there. Because the portion I want to focus on is a bit, uh, is a bit I've already covered. Um, this, is a, this is a famous passage in scripture. You know, uh, this woman is at the well drawing water. It's, uh, it, it's very uncommon. It's not, it, it doesn't even happen that a man is speaking to a woman publicly in this context, even more so a Samaritan woman. Because you understand the context, Jews and Samaritans did not get on. And uh, they were just, in fact, Jews never hardly went through Samaria. So the fact that Jesus went through Samaria was actually not common itself. Now, Jesus finds himself at the well He's tired. He sends his disciples away. I believe Jesus came to this world on purpose because he had in his mind this woman that he was going to meet. This woman became Jesus' key to the city. 
You've got to pay attention to strategic relationships. There are times God brings people your way, and those people are keys to significant openings in your life. And if you don't discern those relationships rightly, you can actually miss out on what God is preparing for you. I look back at my life, and I realize many of the strategic relationships God's brought in my life, along the way, I had many opportunities to get hurt. I had many opportunities to be offended. But one of the things I made up in my mind was I would never leave a place offended. And I w- one of my strong value systems is I don't do falling out. <laughs> Are you hearing me today? <laughs> you cannot pray effectively when relationships are out of order in your life. Because that shuts down the effectiveness of your prayer if you're not in right relationship with your spouse. You're not in right relationship with the people around you. And you want to come and lift hands and worship God. God can see that your heart is in the right place. That is also things I'm dealt with there. So it's very important that we value relationships right. Jesus came to this well to meet this woman, and she became a key to the city. Now, what I find very intriguing about this, which I, I believe the Lord is drawing my attention to, and I want you to see this, is Jesus and this woman are having two separate conversations. Jesus is talking about water that's not physical. This woman is talking about water that's physical. And they carry on the conversation on two separate planes. Jesus is in a spiritual dimension, talking about spiritual realities. And this woman is in a physical dimension, talking about physical realities. This woman has invested a lot of effort in physical things. This woman has invested a lot of effort in drawing from physical things. And Jesus is calling her to a place of investing an effort in spiritual things. And this is what I believe the Lord is saying. We often invest a lot more energy in drawing water from physical wells. We invest a lot more energy in looking good. We invest a lot more energy in sounding good in our bands. We invest a lot more energy in preaching good and impressing the masses. And we invest all this effort. But God is saying, actually, I'm wanting to invest more energy in that which is not sin. Living water. Now think about this. Jesus is talking about if you drink from this well, you never thirst again. Even after the woman had the revelation of who Jesus was, I guarantee you she probably would have come back to that well at some point to drink because Jesus is not trying to say that you're never going to have to drink water again, right? Because he's talking about a totally different concept. He's talking about something happening in here. See, drawing water um, from a physical well is a picture of the ministry that God has called the message trust to. Is a picture of higher toll. It's a picture of all these things that we want to see breakthroughs in. Many times we are used to physical activities as a cover-up for spiritual inactivity. The fact that we're busy on the outside does not mean we're deep on the inside. We invest a lot of effort in acquiring wealth as opposed to spiritual depth. Now, the effectiveness of the higher tour is not going to be based on how well you preach a sermon. The effectiveness of the higher tour is not going to be based on how well you can play your music and rap. And the effectiveness of the higher tour is not based on any of that stuff. If you don't believe me, the effectiveness of the worldwide message tribe was not based on how well Andy Hawthorne could rap. <laughs> yeah. 
What made the movement effective was something was going on inside here and found its expression through a gifting that was not even perfect. But there was such a real depth in here that when God gave them the microphone to speak to the world, there was power coming out here because there was deep wells in here. I'm asking you the question today, what is in you today? Are you singing out of dryness and deadness or are you singing out of life? There's a difference between singing and worship. There's a difference between music and worship. You can sing and there's no life going on in here. You can do a lot of activity. And you see, in the world, we're, we're, so, we're so used to this business. This is a quote from uh, Gordon MacDonald. He says, we are naively inclined to believe that the most publicly, publicly active person is the most privately spiritual. Did you hear that? We're naively inclined to believe that the most publicly active person is the most privately spiritual. And that's not the case. You can invest a lot of effort in all this stuff on the outside and dying on the inside. You can have a growing ministry to the masses and a shrinking heart towards God. Jesus is talking about the spirit within because we read later in the book of John, he says, this is, uh, he talked about, you know, uh, uh, those coming, uh, 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 drinking, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. And the scripture says, he's talking about the Holy Spirit whom those who believe in him will receive. So the rivers of living water is talking about to this woman is connected to the reality of the Holy Spirit that you are encountering on your own. It's easy to ride on the wave of other people's passion. It's easy to ride on the wave of other people's um, excitement while there's nothing going on deep in here. I want to read you this quote from A.W. Tozer, and I feel like this quote probably summarizes a lot of what I'm feeling when I'm thinking about what I feel God's saying to the message trust. I believe this is connected to the effectiveness of the higher toll, and then we're going to go into prayer and worship. The forces of religion are making dramatic gains and the churches are more prosperous than at any time within the past several hundred years. But the alarming thing is that our gains are mostly external and our losses are wholly internal. And since it's the quality of our religion, you've got to understand the type of writing here, religion in this context because of how they used to write back then, is more talking about our relationship with God, okay? So listen again. And since it's the quality of our religion that's affected by internal conditions, it may be that our supposed gains are but losses spread over a wider field. Shall I read that again? The forces of religion are making dramatic gains, and the churches are more prosperous than at any time within the past several hundred years. That's true in many ways for us today. But the alarming thing is that our gains are mostly external, and our losses are wholly internal. And since it's the quality of our religion that's affected by internal conditions, it may be that our supposed gains are but losses spread over a wider field. Listen. If we gain externally and lose internally, we have in turn lost externally. Our goal cannot just be to have a lot of external gains because the reality is we reproduce after our kind. Fire begets fire. 
So if there is no real living water in my own life, I cannot impact you with that. You, you live out of the reality. You, you, you minister and you, your ministry comes out of the reality of the life you already have. That's with God and that's a hidden life. So if we invest all our energy in the external while we're dying internally, what happens in the external is we start to reproduce people who are lukewarm in their faith. Because what they, ex- what they were exposed to when they got saved was a lukewarm preacher or a lukewarm band that was good on the outside but dead on the inside. So they come into salvation lukewarm. So that's their normal. So when they go somewhere and they see someone on fire, they go, that's abnormal. So now in the church, abnormal is now normal and normal, which is acts, is now abnormal. Because people have been saved into a culture of lukewarmness. Okay, so people think fasting is weird for some strange people. People think, oh, you pray so much. People think it's okay. I can go clubbing and, pray, and, and club till four in the morning. But if I say I'm going to pray till four in the morning, you're now weirdo. I'm now weirdo for doing that. How come is it that to party till five in the morning is a normal thing and to pray till four or five in the morning is now the abnormal thing? Well, that wasn't abnormal in the book of Acts. Okay, now I want to show you something and then we're going to pray. I, I am very convinced that how people get saved is crucial to how, how, um, how effective they uh, are in their faith. And I, I've never heard anyone say this or preach this before, so uh, don't stone me. <laughs> I am... I am bothered about the fact that a lot of people get saved in a certain condition, raise their hands, receive Jesus, and after they've said the prayer and gone through some discipleship, they're still in the same condition they were before they said the prayer. I don't know if any evangelists are frustrated with that, because I am. Okay, before they got saved, they're going through all these addictions and all these things. They get saved, and they're still in the addictions. So what's the point of the prayer? Because they've not experienced any deliverance. Now, look at the way Paul got saved. Paul had a spiritual encounter with God. And after he got saved, you know the first thing he went into? Three days dry fast. What would happen? What would happen? What would happen? If people start getting saved and get get initiated into the kingdom with fasting and prayer. I am convinced that that process would deliver them from a lot of demons that they've been struggling with all their life. Because like I said, when you fast and when you pray, it brings a lot of stuff to the surface. And people have been initiating the Christianity in a lukewarm way because many times the ministers are in a place of just doing Christian ministry. I hope this is not a place you just come get, get a paycheck. Okay, because this is a ministry. Ministry is more than money. Okay, ministry is about souls and lives. So you must be ready to do this job whether you get paid or not. That tells me you're called to it. I don't do this because I get paid. If I didn't get paid, I'll still do it. Okay, so when you're talking about ministry, the quality of the ministry is connected to the quality of the minister. The quality of the intercession for the lost is connected to the quality of the lifestyle of the intercessor. Abraham came before God and cried out for Sodom and Gomorrah. Read the prayer, pray. It, was, it seemed like a very casual type prayer. God, give me 50, give me 40, give me 30. It's like a bargain. But his prayers carried weight 
Because the lifestyle he lived was a weighty lifestyle. Look at, he left his whole family. I mean, there were some intense decisions he made to be able to get to where he was in God. So when he altered his words, his words carry weight in heaven. So we're going to pray for the lost. We're going to cry for this salvation. We're going to pray for this city, that city. The effectiveness of our prayers in the heavens is connected to the depth of our lifestyle in the secret place. So I want to say to you, invest in this well right here. Let this fountain burst open. For some of you, it's like there is contamination within your well. You're trying to worship, you're trying to pray, but there's stuff in here that's not right. There's envy, there's jealousy, there's lust, there's issues you have not acknowledged before God and invited His Spirit to come and deal with. And you come in here and you want to worship and pray. You know what you're doing? When you worship, when you pray from that place of undealt with issues, you're releasing contaminated worship. Because it's not coming from a pure place. If I have a cup right here, okay, this is a cup right here. It doesn't matter how clean the water is I pour into this cup. If there's dirt inside, it contaminates the water. And if I say to you there's water in here and the water is 99.9% clean, but there's just 0.0001% poop, as in dog poop, would you drink it? Because even though it's tiny, it still contaminates it. So what I'm trying to say to you is the effectiveness of what God is calling the message to, the effectiveness of what God is calling higher tour to, is placing a deeper demand on all of you. And myself included. I'm not excluded from that. I'm saying we will not see the depth of the impact. We just want to see thousands saved. We don't just want to see hands raised. We want to see disciples. We don't just want to see disciples. We want to see quality disciples. I mean, people that are ready to die for their faith. Those kind of people, to birth those kind of people, the person who is birthing in terms of preaching, releasing the word, those kind of people need to have that kind of approach. They have to have that kind of intensity and quality of devotion to be able to reproduce that in their ministry. Message trust, what kind of ministry do you want to have? Do you just want to have lots of numbers raising hands or do you want to have real depth? And if you want to have real depth, you have to go real deep. Get rid of the shallow stuff, the distractions, all those things. You just, we just, yeah, this is what we do every Tuesday morning. We just sing songs. We do this. We do. It. Get rid of all that stuff and say, God, you know, right here, I need this fountain to burst open. I feel like it's it's been dry for a while. This fountain, when that fountain begins to burst open, and you get up to preach, you get up to sing. It's not about how articulate you are anymore now. The Holy Spirit comes and rides on you, and your words, your sound becomes like things that God uses to bring about shifts in people's hearts and emotions and mindsets and break chains of people. People can get delivered even without you even knowing it. Honor the sound of your voice because you're coming from a deep place in God. So that's what we're going to start to pray. Can I get the band up, please? We're going to pray for the lost if the Lord permits us this morning. But the primary assignment I feel for this morning is God is wanting to cleanse some wells. God is wanting to burst open some fountains within us and saying, Father, I, I don't want to be dry. I, I don't want to live in a place where, you know, my heart is just dull and dry. And I'm just going through the motions. I, I love the, the fact that John the Baptist was in the desert, but the desert was not in John. 
he was going through an experience where things were difficult around him, desolate experience. But you know what was inside John? John 5.35, a burning and a shining lamp. There was fire going on inside of John while there was difficulties going on around him. Some of you want to have more comfort in here. And uh, 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 so some of you want to have comfort around you while you're dead in here. I'd rather have fire in here and discomfort outside me. Does that make any sense? <laughs> so let's not just focus on the external. I believe God is calling the message, trust, the message trust to a new depth. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support or even get involved with one of our teams. <laughs>